This morning, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to open to the book of Isaiah chapter 9. And we're going to read in verse 6. And I believe this is an appropriate scripture for the season we are in. It says here, it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Somebody say given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. How many know that's our, that's our Jesus? Amen. How many of you love your Jesus this morning? Now go over to Proverbs chapter 11, if you will. And I want to just go ahead and read the scripture as well. Proverbs chapter 11. Verse 23, it reads this way. It says, the desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. It says, there is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. It says, the generous soul, someone say, the generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we thank you today for your word, and I just thank you for this wonderful group of people that are here this morning. And I just pray our hearts and our minds to be open to your word as we desire to grow and get closer to you through your word, through the preaching of your word. And Lord God, I just pray that the seeds of your word will be planted deeply in our hearts that will produce great harvest within our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we, Jesus, we thank you. And everyone said, amen. Before you're seated, look at your neighbor and tell them, giving opens up our life. And you can go ahead and be seated this morning. How many are excited for Christmas? I, I believe it's going to be a good one. And as I was beginning to meditate this week on what I would speak about, oftentimes one of the real uh, markers and indicators of what I should speak to you always first happens in my heart. And when I think of a subject that will minister to God's people, often my heart will leap. And when I begin to think about giving uh, this week, my heart certainly begin to leap inside of me. And I said, yes, Lord, I believe this is the message that we should speak to your people because I can't think of a greater time to, to learn about giving than during the Christmas holiday. I'll make it say amen. You know, the Christmas season is a time where God himself gave us the most precious gift anyone could ever receive by giving us his only begotten son, his son, Jesus. And by stepping out of heaven and stepping into earth, the son of God became like the son of man so that the sons of men could become like the son of God. In other words, Jesus bridged the gap between us and God when we were so far away from God in sin. How many remember where you were? How many remember those days you woke up in some stuff? Talk to me. Sometimes you woke up in your own stuff. Hey. How many know Jesus bridged the gap? Tell your neighbor, Jesus bridged the gap. And one thing we know in serving God all these years is that there's no one more generous than God. So as his children, we are called to experience the same joy that comes through giving. That if God is generous, how many know we as his children should also be generous? And to discover that in generosity, there is a great joy 
See, there are very few things in life that are more fulfilling than to give. Very few things. I mean, there are some things in life that will make you happy. But I think at one of the, the top of the list is to know that giving is very fulfilling when you're giving to make a difference in somebody else's life. How many know that's what ministry is all about? That if you're involved in the ministry or you're a leader or you're someone that likes to teach the word of God and, and, and you're giving in the ministry, how many know you're giving to people's lives? And you're praying that when you give to their life, it makes a powerful difference for them. And there's a great fulfillment that takes place within your heart. See, I believe that when it comes to giving, God wants us to learn to give without complaint, without excuse, or without reservation. Without complaint, without excuse, but also, how many know, without reservation. There are two important truths I want to give you about giving this morning. If you're taking notes, write this down. First thing is that Giving is always a sign of an encounter with Jesus. Giving is always a sign of an encounter with Jesus. How many of you have had that encounter? How many know God? How many know the touch of God upon your life? How many know that when you're, how many know when you're moving in the touch of God? And how many know when you're not moving in the touch of God? And understand me when I tell you that Giving is a sign of a true encounter with God because giving doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. It's not something I think maybe even for a lot of us that it's not something that comes natural. In fact, there could be some people here today this morning that you would agree with me that before you had Jesus, you were not really a giver. You might have been more than, more of a taker. Now, I don't think there's any takers here this morning. But how many know when you don't have God, you don't have a mentality to give. You have a mentality to take and to receive. So understand that giving, especially I believe in us, is always a sign of someone that's had a face-to-face -face encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I believe that giving uh, it doesn't just happen, but it's birthed through an encounter with Jesus. Watch this. And it's sustained through our relationship with him. There could be a, a season of our life where we were really giving, really giving a lot. You know, a lot of the big givers in the church are the people that are newly saved. They can't wait to give. They can't wait to sow seed. They can't wait to get involved. They want to give. But sometimes when you're serving God a little while, everyone here serving God a little while, our giving has a tendency to go up and sometimes go down. Isn't that not true? I know it's been true in my life. Sometimes it can go up. And you're like, whoa, I'm doing real great. But then it goes down. And a lot of times when it goes down, I notice it goes down because of my relationship with him. Maybe my prayer life has slipped. Maybe my time in God's word has slipped. Maybe I'm not doing things in the minute. Maybe I've taken a little bit of a spiritual vacation. Come on, somebody. How many of you ever taken that vacation? And you know that when you're not in church, it's hard to give unless you're real, real disciplined and you give online. Come on, somebody. But it's sustained through our relationship with him. So I, I believe it, we could say this fairly, that God gets all the glory for giving. Should I say it again? God gets all the glory for giving. We don't get the glory for it. Because I think that when we didn't have God, we were not givers. But once Jesus comes into your life, he ignites you with a heart of generosity. Because we become people that we were not before. Can I hear an Amen. See, God gets all the glory for giving. And there was a church that Paul praised in Scripture 
when it came to their generosity at the church called the Macedonian church. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. He says, for I bear witness that according to their ability, watch this, and yes, beyond their ability. Say that with me. Say beyond their ability. They were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. See, this proves to me, friends, that giving doesn't just happen. Giving doesn't just happen. It, sh it shows us that it only happens when someone has had a true encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. One scripture says they first gave themselves to the Lord and then they gave themselves through giving. That when there's an encounter with God, that when there's a relationship with God, when God has made a powerful impression and impact upon your life, that's when giving begins to flow. It's when someone has experienced the touch of God, there's a willingness to share. How many can say amen? What can we learn from these blessed Macedonians this morning? Very quickly, number one, they had trials. They had problems. How many of you ever had problems? How many of you ever felt like your problems tried to stop you from giving? How many of you ever felt like your trials tried to hinder you from doing the work of God within your life? If you're here today and you've, ever, if you've had a tough year, just like me, I've had a tough year, and I know there's others of you here this morning that might have had a tough year. I want to tell you there's good news. You're not alone. Amen. I think sometimes we come into the house of the Lord and we can feel singled out like, well, I'm the only one having a tough year because look how they're smiling and look how they're, you know, still here and still doing, you know, and sometimes you feel like you're the only one. But I got some good news. You're not alone. Everybody goes to their trials. Everybody goes to their situations. Everybody goes to their struggles. But what the Macedonian church teaches us is regardless of what you're going through, your struggles don't have to stop you from doing the work of the Lord. I think we should give God a praise, amen, because it gives me hope. The second thing we see is not only did they have trials, but they had an abundance of joy in the midst of the trial. And I think that that's where the supernatural power of God comes into somebody's life. That when you're going through a struggle, the devil can't get you down. That when you're going through a trial and you're going through a test and you're going through some heavy stuff within your life, instead of pulling back in the things of God, you're able to continue to go forth in the things of God. But you're not going forth with a stinky attitude. Come on, somebody. You're going forth with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Even though life is not perfect, you still have a song in your mouth. And an offering in your hand. Come on, somebody. You still got joy that may not make sense to people that are being defeated. But you know that you have the touch of God on your life. And no devil in hell could stop you from giving God praise. No devil in hell could stop you from being faithful in the things of God. Is there any witnesses of God in this place today that can shout like you know that joy unspeakable? speakable they show us that we can have joy in the midst of trials because God promised us to have joy see I believe that 
joy, watch this, brings giving. But I also believe that giving brings joy. Should I say it again? I believe that joy brings giving. But I also believe giving brings joy. Can I just get in your business for a second this morning? I look out this morning, I see some people smiling. I see some of you that it's very difficult to smile. You, you can't smile in this message. I'm talking about joy. You can't give joy. So you know what that tells me this morning? You can't leave this place until you give an offering. I'm going to say it again. You shouldn't leave this place until you visit that toy table and you commit to give a toy to a child next Sunday because you know what you need. You don't need a blessing from heaven. You need some joy in your life, and you need to discover that joy happens when we step out and we begin to give. Come on and clap for your pastor because I'm speaking massive amounts of truth into your life today. Tell your neighbor, you need to give an offering this morning. <laughs> That's a good one. Huh? And the third thing we see here is that the Macedonians, they gave beyond their ability. Somebody say beyond my ability. Hear me when I tell you that real giving goes beyond your ability. Should I say it again? Real giving goes beyond your ability. You're talking about a group of people here in these churches that didn't have it. They didn't have the money, but they gave it anyway. And they received joy as a result. And when you go beyond your ability, you move into a true spirit of generosity. True giving happens when we do it beyond our ability because it requires something called sacrifice. And let me say this to you about sacrifice. This is one thing I've been learning in the last couple of years in my life is that God, yes, responds to faith. But faith always manifests through sacrifice. You hear me? Yes, God responds to faith. But how does faith materialize? Faith, you know, faith is not saying, I have faith. And you sit on your, you know, I have faith to lose weight. And you sit on your couch and eat bonbons all day. That's not faith. Say, that's not faith. Faith is you say, I, I want to lose weight. And I'm on my couch, so I'm going to actually get off the couch. I'm going to start eating some lettuce and some carrots. And I might even get to the gym. Can I hear an amen? See, now you're moving from faith to sacrifice. And when you move from faith to sacrifice, God always responds to sacrifice. He responded to Abel when he gave a better offering than Cain. He, off, he responded to the children of Israel when they brought their best in the temple. And he still responds today when God's people move beyond their ability and they begin to sacrifice. That's when the power of God begins to move in our life. Oh, come on. This is good preaching. See, we need to learn to go beyond our ability. Now, what's the second thing I want to share with you about giving? Giving is also how we open our life to God's blessing. Now, how many of you really want to experience God's blessing? How many want supernatural blessing? Because you got to know there's a difference between God's blessing and your blessing. Should I break it down? See, your blessing is I worked all week. And I bought that car. You see that car right there? See those 22-inch rims? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I give God glory, but, you know, I did that. But you know what God's blessing is? Watch. 
take the rims off the car and sell them. And watch God take that sacrifice and give you another car. Are you hearing me today? See, when you begin to give, how many can say amen? That's when God begins to bless. That's when we open up our life to greater blessing. And how many of you need greater blessing in your life? See, when you give, God always gives back. Whenever we release more, release, we give to God, God releases more to us. Whenever we surrender to God, God always supplies for us. Whenever we obey God, God not only supplies, but he sustains us and he keeps us. And we can never go wrong giving back to the Lord. You know, the reason this is so important is because every week I want to just share this with you. The body of Christ, or let's just say the church, is wounded every week, every Sunday. The church is wounded by people who enter into worship but excuse themselves from giving. Wounded by people who come in and they worship the Lord. But when it comes to the giving time, they refuse to give. They come in in their nice car. Come on, somebody. It may not be a Benz, but, you know, you got something decent. Talk to me now. With their nice shoes. Ladies, you like some click clicks? <laughs> clicking on in. I, I come in a little late, so I always see clicking up, clicking up. Got your kids looking good. Man of God, you got a nice little suit on, nice little button up. Come on, somebody. Your Sunday's best, Bible best. Talk to me now. You got your big old Bible on you, looking good, feeling good. Smelling good. Come in. You partake of the worship. Oh, yes, that's a good worship. Oh, my God. I see you lifting your hands, rejoicing in the Lord. Praise God. But then when it's time to give, all of a sudden, you begin to say things like this. You say, time to give. Pastor Miller comes out. Time to give, everybody. And you pour me, Pastor Miller, find a thing to say, new thing to say every week. It's a challenge <laughs> for all of us. And you, and you come in looking good, feeling good, smelling good. And the first thing you say to yourself is, you're holy too, you're holy. God knows my heart. A pure heart. That's what I long for, Lord. Or another thing you might say is, I can't afford to tithe this week. I can't afford to tithe. There was a man who got saved in the church, and he began to give. And he had a very simple job, a very small business. And then all of a sudden, as he began to give, God began to bless him. In the beginning, he gave $100 a week. And then he started to give $500 a week. And then he started giving $1,000 a week. And all of a sudden, God really started blessing him. And, and, and one day, he looked at his tithe. And he said, I have to meet with you, Pastor. And he met with the pastor. And he said, Pastor, I'm making a lot of money now. I'm making so much money that my tithe is going to be $10,000 a week. And I cannot afford to tithe that much money. It's absurd. He says, can you pray for me? And the pastor said, certainly. He said, Lord Jesus, I pray right now that you lower his income so that he can get back to tithing. Why? Because it's not about the money. 
It's about the heart. Come on, give God a praise. And then the third excuse, I'm almost done. Are you getting something today? Yeah. The third thing is, there are so many people here, they don't need my money. Look at that brother. He has a better car than me. They don't need my money. Look at this sister, man. She has a better blowout than I do. She don't need my, he don't need my money. Come on, somebody. There's too many. You know, they want to buy cash. Well, I can't. You know, and, they, and, do, and, you know, and, and here's what I want to say to you. Here's, 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 here's what I want to say to you. You know, God always supplies for his work, church. Hear me, hear me clear. God always supplies for his work. Tell your neighbor, God supplies. When we step out to do things as a church, God always supplies for his work. Want to buy cameras? God supplies for his work. Want to, want to you know, take care of kids? God supplies for his work. We, 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 we've seen God supply every time God has spoken to us about doing something. Man, God has always come through because listen, this is not the work of Al. This is not the work of Georgina. This is the work of God. And God knows what he's doing. We've never seen God fail us, but we, we fail. When, but, when, but here's the thing. I'm not going to say it's been easy. Sometimes we've had to be stretched, but God always comes through. But here's what I, want, what I believe. When we fail to obey the demand of God's word to release resources back into his kingdom, hear me, we don't hurt the church in as much as we hurt ourselves. And watch this. In hurting ourselves, we ultimately hurt the church. So who are the ones that miss out on the blessing? See, if we step out in a project, God's going to come through, man. Even if God will send one person that doesn't come to church here and says, I'm going to pay for it, God will come through. But what am I saying to you this morning is not so that we can tackle another project. It's that we as the people of God can understand that when we give, we open ourselves up for the blessings of God within our life. And what I believe God wants to do is he wants you to break financial barriers in your life. If you're making 20000 he wants you to make 30000 40000 If you're making forty, he wants you to make eighty. If you're making eighty, I believe we're going to have some people in this church that you're going to make so much money. You're going to say, Pastor, I've got to learn how to invest this money because God has been so good to me because I have gotten a hold of the word of God and I become a giver in the house of the Lord. Come on and give God a shout. I'm talking about you. See, when we give, God gives back to us. We, we're the ones that benefit. How many can say amen? Now, what do we receive when we give? And I'm going to just give you this, and we'll be done in about 10 minutes. Is that all right? Number one, write this down, and I've mentioned before, we receive joy. Everyone say this with me. Say joy. joy. Even if you don't have it, say joy. <laughs> In Acts 20, 35, Paul said, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kindness of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the word, the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Okay? Say this with me. Say, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Okay, real strong. One more time. Say, it's more blessed to give than to receive. There's a great book. You might have read it. It's a marriage book. It's called The Five Love Languages. Who's read this book? Okay, some of y'all need to read this book. But how, come on, and there's that one for teens and all kinds of stuff. But how many read The Five Love Languages? Let me see, right? 
And in the book, it talks about different languages. One of the languages is the language of giving. The language of giving. That when you want to, you, you know, sometimes we can't figure out who's who and what's what. And when someone is a giver, some, a lot of times that's their language. Now, it's, not everybody has the same language. My wife, her language is time. If she's giving you her time, that's a big deal. That means she loves you. Amen. If you ain't getting no time, <laughs> you may, to, may need to exercise your love language on her. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we all have a language. Say we all have a language. My language is, is giving. That's my language. I love people. I enjoy people. I love being around people. I had a lot of laughs last night with our leaders. There was a, a new young couple in our church that was there, and I was just cutting it up with them laughing. Dolores, we had a good time laughing. Just, just having a good time last night. And I love being around people. But when I really love you, when I really love you, I'm going to buy you something. That's me, man. That's me. There was a young man in our church just a few days ago, and I love this guy. He's been with me many years, and he left the church for a little while, and he's been back for a couple years. And I said, brother, I got to get you married. He's like, yes, pastor, I need to get married. I said, we got to get married looking like that, bro. We got to. Hook it up. I said, Pastor, show me, show me. All right, we're going to the mall. I took this guy to Nordstrom. He's a grease monkey. He likes working with cars. He likes working with wrenches. I said, we're going to Nordstrom's. Whatever, Pastor, I'm just going to go with you. I said, I, bought, I got some jeans, some lucky jeans, some Joe jeans, nice jeans. I could put these on. I got him some skinny jeans, too. I go in the, cl in the closet and put this on, man. He put those skin. Man, I should have took a picture, hey, man. And he goes, these don't fit. <laughs> I go, I just did that as a joke, bro. Take those off. <laughs> got him some jeans. I wanted him to know that skinny jeans are not for him. And then um, bought him some shirts. And I walked out of there, not only because I love him, but buzzed. Buzzing. You know that buzz you used to get? Come on. You, don't look at me like you've never been buzzed. You were buzzed last night. Look at me. You know that buzz you get? That buzz you get? And I walked out of there buzzed, man, because giving is my love language. I love to give. It brings me joy. It gives me a buzz. But you know what I want to say for every Christian here? We all need to have that love language. There's no greater joy than when you're able to give to someone, especially when you're giving to someone that's less fortunate. One of the greatest buzzes I ever received was last year during our tour drive, and I went down to the Walmart in Eastlake, and I'm going to, man, I'm buying an incredible Hulk thing and, you know, a Captain America thing, and I bought about five or six gifts, and just taking those gifts, I was all by myself, and had the cart and just drove that gift up to the uh, cashier, and then the lady said, who's this for? And I'm just sharing with her what we're doing. But to walk out of there with that buzz, man, and to know that when you give, you receive joy, you receive fulfillment. And I want to just say this, you receive life. Amen? So when you give, you receive joy. What's the second thing we receive? The Bible says we receive long life and protection. This is important. Turn with me to Psalms 41, and I want to share a personal testimony here. 
Psalms 41. It says here in verse 1, it says, Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. It says the Lord will preserve him. Watch this. And keep him alive. And he will be blessed on the earth. And you will not, watch this, deliver him to the will of his enemies. It goes on to say, the Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. And you will sustain him on his sickbed. Wow. Blessed is he who considers the poor. Blessed is he who gives. What a scripture. When I read that scripture, I think, God, why do you preserve those people? Because God says, I need those people. Those are the people that I need in the earth to get my message across. Those are the people I need in the earth to be a channel for my word into people's life. If we don't have people, this is, I believe the Lord is saying, if we don't have people, who can we work through? Who can we see the poor get, get help? Well, how can we see the drug addicts say? How can we see families come back together? Unless there's a group of people who are willing to give and sacrifice, those are the people that I will bless with long life because those are the people I need. And, and you know where I found that scripture? I found that scripture just recently. In the hospital. And many of you know we've been in a battle with, our, with my daughter. And, and I want to be careful about sharing things because, you know, I'm not ready to share everything. But there was two weeks where we were in the intensive care unit. Two weeks. Two weeks in the intensive care unit. And Charisma was asleep the whole time for two weeks. And we're there and we're struggling. And Georgina's sleeping on a little ledge there. And as I begin to study God's word day and night, day and night, never leaving her side, study God's word. I came across the scripture, Psalms 41. It says, blessed are you, he who considers the poor, the Lord will deliver him in times of trouble. And what was amazing to me, as, as she was there in that ICU, she had painted all of these pictures for Run for Hope and brought them. And many of you bought those pictures. And I begin to think about those pictures and where that money is going to be going and how many drug addicts are going to be reached through that money and how many homes are going to be opened up through that money and how many missionaries are going to be able to support through that money. And I begin to read this scripture and I begin to say to God, I say, God, your word says that if we would consider the poor, that you would bless us with long life, that you would consider us on our sickbed, that you would sustain us and you would keep us. And I want to tell you, when I read that scripture, I was defeated. But then all of a sudden, life came into me and the promises of God came into me. And then I went a little bit further and I said, Lord, I want you to open up the books in heaven. And I want you to look at my personal giving throughout the years. I want you to look at all the offerings that I've given. I want you to look at all the young people that I have personally supported to go to different conferences and different events. I want you to look at my tithing record. I want you to look at my pledges. I want you to look at every dollar that I have given to the kingdom and the work of God and Lord I want you to consider that work because I need this little girl to get out of this bed now
And the Lord took her out of the bed. And the Lord healed her body. And she'll be in church this morning. Come on and give God a praise right now. Come on, everybody. Don't stop giving. Don't stop sowing seed as they come. Don't stop planning. Don't stop making a difference in people's life. God sees everything you're doing. If you're discouraged, be encouraged this morning. God is using you. Don't give up. The Lord needs you this morning. Let's all stand. Come on, give God a praise, everybody. I'm done preaching. And the third thing is that we receive supernatural provision from the Lord. Supernatural provision. Say this with me. Say supernatural provision. You know, when you give, you're, you're, you're saying, Lord, I know what I can do for me. But I know what you can do for me is better than what I can do for me. And I know that there's people here this morning that sometimes we hold back because of trials and different things that go on within our life. Come on, wave at me if it's true. huh? It's true. And, and one of the things I, I said to God when we've been in that hospital, five months we were there. Five months. It's a long time. 140 days. Every day, 18 hours in the hospital, every day. 10 hours, 12 hours, 9 hours, 13 hours in the hospital, every day. Many of you saw us. I said, God, I don't want to slip in my giving. Because I recognize that you're not only a provider of finances, you're a provider of health. You're a provider of healing. That when the world says it can't be done, you find a way where there seems to be no way. And Elijah saw that. There was a famine, no rain. And the Lord told him, go to the brook Cherith, Kadesh Barnea. He went down there and he says, the ravens will feed you there. And ravens are, are an animal that they don't feed, they eat, they consume, they scavenge. But he took those ravens and instead of those ravens taking for themselves, God used those ravens to supply all of Elijah's needs. What do you need from God? What do you need God to do? Who needs a miracle today? Who needs a healing today? Who needs a breakthrough today? Then be seated for a moment. I shouldn't have had you stand. Go ahead and be seated. Get that offering envelope. If you need an envelope this morning to pay your tithe or to go above the tithe this morning, this is your moment where you're saying, God, I want to open up my life for blessing. I want to open up my life for miracles. And, and, and if you have a need, sow a seed. If you have something going on in your life this morning, you say, God, I, I need this to be the best Christmas ever. Sow a seed this morning. Don't you dare hold back. Don't you dare hold back, man. You know, there's some of you here right now. You, I want to just say this to you, and I say this as your pastor, and I don't say this to coerce you, and I do not say this in any way to manipulate you, if you have health issues, give. I believe with all of my heart and all sincerity that if you're sick of body, you need to give. You may not be able to give the world, but you need to give something. Because God will respond. God will heal. God will perform miracles. God can heal your heart too. 
but you gotta go beyond what you normally do. And I pray this next year, as we go into this next year, that will be our attitude. That'll be our spirit. Say, God, we're going to be on the offensive. We're going to go beyond. We're going to give more. We're going to do more. We're going to serve more. We're not going to have this defensive stance in Christianity. We're going to have an aggressive stance. We're going to start, instead of the devil pushing us back, we're going to push the enemy back. We're going to push back in every area. You hearing me today? And I've given already on my phone. You can give on your phone too. But how many are ready to give? You're ready to give. I want you to stand now. Get that offering. If you're giving by phone or whatever it is. and I, I just, you know, we'll just lay it on the altar, man. That, that's what we're going to do. We're going to lay it on the altar. If you have cash, lay it on the altar. we got a hand up here. And I'm going to pray that supernatural breakthrough, supernatural provision happen. Who needs miracles? Who needs? You are great. You're the miracle so great. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, lift up your hands right now.